Hi, I'm Stephanie from North Carolina, and I am a Hope Writer. Welcome to the Hope Writer Podcast. And here's Facebook expert Amanda Bond. Think of it like sharing on Facebook with your friends and family, but you are putting a little bit of ad spend behind it to get in front of more eyeballs. Spending money on Facebook ads. Ooh, could be scary. You want it to work, right? You don't want to waste your money. Well, how do you know it's working? And why would a writer want to run Facebook ads? How do you know which post to spend money on? And what are Facebook ads anyway? How do they work? And that pixel thing, can I do that myself? And oh, do I need a business page? Okay, we're going to answer all those questions. And when we're done, you're going to have a great idea what you should do next on this episode of the Hope Writer Podcast. Welcome to the Hope Writers Podcast, brought to you by Hope Writers, an online membership community for writers dedicated to helping you write your meaningful words without sacrificing your meaningful life. I'm Emily P. Freeman. I'm one of the co-founders of Hope Writers. Yes, you can write and publish and market your work without becoming a self-promoting cartoon version of yourself. We help you maintain balance, share your work with confidence, develop your craft, and get help with the ins and outs of book publishing. Inside our private Hope Writer Facebook group, members make great writerly friends who understand all those doubts and questions that you have. It's the next best thing to having your own writing mentor. And every Tuesday, members get a live informal conversation with an expert writer, editor, marketer, or agent, helping you make progress in your writing life. We call those interviews Tuesday Teaching, and while the entire interview is only for our members, each week we share a few minutes that were super helpful here on the Hope Writers Podcast. And that's coming up. Find out more at HopeWriters.com. Hi, I'm Deborah, and I'm a Hope Writer. Did you know the writing path has six stages? It's so easy to get frustrated when we jump ahead on the path and do things out of order. So, want to find out your writing path stage? Hope Writers has created a short, fun quiz you could take right now. You'll even get a tip or two for taking your next step. To get the quiz, just go to hopewriters.com slash quiz. Hi, I'm Gary Moreland, one of the co-founders of Hope Writers. You write... You use Facebook, you have a message in mind, maybe you have a book idea, and you know publishers want a platform, meaning you know an audience that will buy your book, right? And of course, you want your book to sell. Or maybe you just want your message to spread, even if it's not a book. And you know there has to be people who would love your message somewhere out there on Facebook. So how do you use Facebook? Do you boost posts? Do you buy ads? Well, Amanda Bond is an expert on using Facebook, and on buying ads. But she says there are important basic things a writer should do first before you buy ads or boost posts. That's in the previous episode of the Hope Writer Podcast. That's episode 47, Facebook for Writers, Before You Run Ads, has some great help on how to first make sure you're connecting with your Facebook reader. But once you do those things, you want to know how Facebook ads work so you get results and don't waste your money. And that's this episode. So let's join Hope Writer co-founder Emily P. Freeman talking with Facebook expert Amanda Bond. So let's start with, we're talking about Facebook ads. We're going to kind of hone in on that, but just big picture. Can you tell us what's a Facebook ad? And as writers, why do we need them? 
Great question. Okay. So a Facebook ad is a post that has been sponsored by a business or in your case, a writer. So they have paid Facebook a cost of delivering a thousand ad impressions. That's might be maybe getting a little bit technical, but essentially us as business owners, you as writers, you can say, Hey, Facebook, I would like to show this post to people and I'm going to pay to do so. And Facebook says, okay, there is a specific cost for showing it to a thousand people. You say, sounds good. Let's get those in front of those eyeballs. And then you essentially give them money. They're going to serve it up to the audiences that they already have built in. So think of it like sharing on Facebook with your friends and family, but you are putting a little bit of ad spend behind it to get in front of more eyeballs. Okay. You see, this is going to work so well. You did that so well. So I feel like I understand this. Okay. Now tell me this, because yep. I know some people have asked this. Um, there's some other terms that come up, like for example, the word pixel. Okay. Tell us what is a pixel and why do we need one? Okay. So Facebook pixel sounds like it's this super scary code that you need to know how to do HTML and all of that. Let me simplify it. What a pixel actually is, is Yes, it is a piece of code, but however, that code itself is an image. So we all know how we upload images to Facebook or how we put images on our website. What a pixel is, it's a one pixel by one pixel, meaning like a a square unit of measurement, invisible picture that is going to go on your website. And that invisible picture, every single time that website page loads, it's going to do some ninja stuff in the background that we don't even have to understand what's actually happening, but it's going to send that information back to Facebook, right? Like we don't, we don't have to know the tech on how we don't have to know why we don't have to know what that code means. All we as business owners, all we as writers have to know is one thing. How do we put it on our website? And it's really simple. One, you can, I have a blog post on it. You can go to the adstrategist.com forward slash Facebook pixel. That'll show you step-by-step how to get it on there. Once it's on there, it's on there. You don't have to keep doing it. You don't even have to worry about the data because that's just going to all happen in the background. I see the question here. What's it for though? The pixel is for sending information back to Facebook. So let's say you buy a Facebook ad you get it out there to 10,000 people. And out of those 10,000 people, uh, maybe 200 of them clicked to go back to your website. As soon as those 200 people click off of Facebook and land on your website, the website itself can send that data back to Facebook and say, okay, 200 people clicked. It does get a tiny bit more complex, which we do talk about in that blog post there. There are different things that we can put into the pixel. And by things, I just mean like words. We can say, hey, when people land on this page after they download my free chapter preview on our website, right? They're going to give me my their email address and I'm going to give them a free preview chapter of my upcoming book on that thank you page where you say, yay, success for that chapter is on its way to you. You can say, okay, send this information back to Facebook and tell me every single time somebody actually opts in. That's where 
It gets a little bit more advanced, but it's very simple. Once you put it on that page, it's there forever and you don't have to worry about it. Okay. So that I love that you had that um, that link that people can read up if they're like, I really want to learn about this pixel thing because it sounds really mysterious and I feel like I need to know it. Yep. Um, Bond is telling us we kind of don't need to know all the details of it, yep. but we do need to have the thing because that's how like your website and Facebook talk to each other. It's exactly. kind of like the phone. <laughs> exactly. And this is a cool thing about the pixel. Once you put it on your website, Facebook is going to track all of the people who visited up to... 180 days ago. So for the like last six months, and then you can actually in the future say to Facebook, Hey, Facebook, remember all those people that visited my website? How about we serve them up a Facebook ad, which might be your book comes out or your program that is in support of the book comes out in the future. Well, these people have already visited your site. They've already got there maybe from Pinterest or YouTube or Instagram, however else you build your audience. And these people that have visited your website are your warmer audiences. And when you have warmer audiences, they are more likely to take action like buying your book or joining your program in the future. So you can just say, hey, Facebook, all that pixel data, let's target those people with some ads in the future. Okay. So tell us this. When can you know You've been doing all that work, let's say. How do I know when it's maybe time to put a little money towards that and to try some stuff out with Facebook? Are there any indicators for us to know, like, okay, now would be a good time? And what is a good thing to start to run an ad on? What does that even look like? Okay, so I'm going to answer the second part first. And okay. Then there's three different scenarios for writers specifically in terms of like when could be the right time to start running ads. So, first off, what makes a great ad? content that's already working for you organically for free, right? Like you've built this audience, you've hustled your your pants off to get out there and get in front of people. Are they opting in and joining your email list? Are they downloading a free preview of their book? Are, are they buying your book? Are they then working with you in a different capacity? Whatever your business model looks like, are people already successfully taking those actions with you? If the answer is no, you're not ready for ads yet. And that's not a bad thing, right? Like it's just, it's just an okay thing. Go figure out what to work on. Yeah, exactly. How to get people to transact with you first, right? Like we can't skip the hard work of learning the sales process behind this business model. So that's the first thing. The content that you then amplify is what works and how we find out with what works is What's the most engaging? What's getting the email opt-ins? What's leading to the sales? Whatever the answer is to that, that's the content that we're going to turn into ads in the future. Okay. That's good to know. Yes. Okay. So then how do you know when you're ready to start running ads? Yeah. Guys, authors, writers, they're this like one little segment that's a little bit different than everyone else. Every other industry, I'm like, you're not a special snowflake. Like you just do it this way. <laughs> you guys are. <laughs> and yes, we love being right? special snowflakes. The reason being people who want to get traditionally published in the future, if that is your goal and that is your vision to have a traditional publisher the audience engagement, the audience size does matter to a publisher, right? Like it just looks better when you put together your book brief for them and, you know, work with a future agent, a book agent in the future to potentially get it onto store shelves. 
the bigger the audience does matter there. So if your goal is to be traditionally published and you have a budget to set aside in doing so, typically the budget comes from already successfully selling some books or some programs or some products to go along with what you're offering. But it also might include contributions from another job or a family member investing in you for the future, right? As long as as long as you're trying to get that publishing deal and you have the budget to invest in ads, that is okay. You can start to move forward into ads as long as you have the expectation that the return, the return on that ad spend that you're giving to Facebook might not come right away. It's almost like how we have to think about, hey, if you invest in the stock market, like you're not investing for a month, you're investing for a 10-year return on that money. Yeah. So that's kind of how we have to think about it. We're investing in growing our audience to be more attractive to publishers in the future. If you're not planning on doing the traditional publishing route and going more self-publishing or have more of a personal brand aspect to it, where you might have coaching or a digital program to go along with it, even a membership community, for those things... We already alluded to it once. We need to make sure that you're already generating revenue with those things before you start running Facebook ads. So that's that's the same message that I special snowflake to everyone else. Like you, mm-hmm. you know, you're not a special snowflake. We need to make sure as business owners, we know that when we give the Facebook ATM a dollar, we get more than a dollar back out. Right. Because right. right. that would be a bad exchange if you're like, here's Facebook, here's like a dollar and a dollar and a dollar and a dollar. And Facebook's like, cool, we just ate that all. <laughs> right. That's not a great business investment for the long run. Yeah. So for example, let's get like super practical for yeah. someone who, let's say, maybe doesn't have a book yet, but is moving in that direction. Yep. And they want to, um, they've built a little bit of an audience. Um, and then I was, I don't know that we got to the 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 page versus the profile question yet, but let's say they have a page and, you know, and a profile. Can you give an example of some things that would be worth it and not worth it or wise and unwise to run an ad on like, like a podcast? Cause I've heard that, you know, you can't really measure that because it's like, how do you know versus a lead magnet versus a paid product? So some of those like things. So here's how, in my mind, I prioritize what to uh, amplify with ads. It comes down to what I call the six buckets. And these six buckets are audiences that we can target on Facebook in the future. So they're audiences of people who have interacted with us, our writing, our brand, that we can then turn around and say to Facebook, hey, um, let's target those people in the future when our book actually comes out or okay. when like we have a next opt-in that's leading people into our like pre-sale, whatever, whatever the case may be. So those six buckets are anything that grows your email list. Okay. Email list also includes customer base, right? Like customers are actually above the bucket. Like they're the golden nugget. If it (laughs) amplifying something leads to customers, do that all day, every day with that. Okay. Got it. (laughs) But 
other than that, we're prioritizing growing these audiences that are retargetable with that. So the first one, like I said, email list. The second one was pixeled website traffic. So once you put that tiny little piece of code on your website, Facebook's tracking all of the visitors, even if they come from Pinterest, even if they come from a YouTube video that you did, even if they came from you posting something on Reddit with a link back to your blog, wherever those audience members are coming from, if they land on your website and you have that Facebook pixel on the website, you can target them in the future with ads. So that's two. Okay. Number three is our Facebook page engagement. And here's where let's answer the the page versus the profile. So your personal profile is meant to be just that. It's meant to be your personal life, nothing related to business. It's against Facebook's terms. And the reason that kind of like rolled my eyes there is it used to be against Facebook's terms to do anything business related on your personal profile. Somebody had mentioned it in the Facebook group a few months back or in a Facebook group a few months back. And I went on the hunt for where it says you can't post business related things from your personal profile. And I couldn't locate it in like the last few months, but it used to be. So I'm not saying that it's not anymore, but it used to be on your personal pay or your personal profile. So like Amanda Bond on Facebook you're only supposed to post like things that you would post for your friends and family. So not about your business, not about anything you make money off of, not about anything that you recommend and might get a commission from, nothing that's related to commerce, right? And, and that's the profile is when you sign up for Facebook, yeah. that's what you get. It's like, I'm, hello, this is, this is my new Facebook account and I've got to put, that's the profile. That's what that's everybody has. Everyone has a profile. To be on Facebook, you have to have a profile. Have to have, right, okay, yeah. perfect. So the bit or the page, the business page is something where you have to go into Facebook and say, create page. And now it's the separate entity that you as a Facebook user are the sole admin of when you start like the sole administrator for it. That is where you can run Facebook ads. You cannot run Facebook ads from your personal profile, only the page. And like I said, I think it still is there, but it's the terms that you have to run all of your commerce activities through that business page. Perfect. So so that's number three in our buckets. It's Facebook page engagement, not profile, page engagement. And engagement means like they're liking, they're reacting, they're commenting, they're sharing your posts. If you do a carousel, they're swiping to the next carousel card. Uh, They're clicking any links that you might put over to your blog. They are direct messaging or DMing your page itself or clicking any link that you have in your page description. So basically, if they click or like or engage with your page in any way, Facebook will track that audience for 365 days. So a year, twice as much as the website. Okay. And then let's say you're launching a book 10 months from now, you're launching a new program 10 months from now, you can say to Facebook, all right, every single person who's interacted with our page in the last year, let's tell them about it because they might be 
somebody who is interested and somebody who might become a customer in the future. Very good. So that's three. Number four is video viewers of at least three seconds on that Facebook page. So the like the another Facebook page. And then number five and six is your Instagram business profile. Here's oh. where it gets tricky, right? Because it's called yeah. like a Facebook personal profile, but then an Instagram business profile, which is right. your business page over on Facebook. Right. Yeah. So it, it can't be your personal Instagram account. You actually need to swap it to a, a business, business profile. Okay. Yeah. So that's the question writers ask a lot is you guys, should I have, should I make my Instagram profile a business account? And you would say, Yes. I would say yes. And it is a fallacy that when you switch it to a business profile that your reach drops, right? Like you always hear people saying, well, I get more, I get more eyeballs or I get a bigger audience on my personal stuff. So why wouldn't I just keep posting on my Facebook profile or on my regular Instagram account? Right. That's, That's not true. What happens when people switch from personal to business is they get, I like to call them, they get really spammy McMarketerson, right? Like they just start <laughs> behaving differently. <laughs> they turn into robot mode. <laughs> Read this post, do this thing, click here, right? Instead of make action. <laughs> yeah. I need to monetize this somehow. <laughs> so they behave differently. And in that different behavior is what causes the drop in reach. Yes. So just because it's a business Instagram profile or a Facebook business page doesn't mean you need to get all corporate Dan and <laughs> and start writing differently. You can let your personality shine through. And when you do, that's going to be more engaging. When your content is more engaging, you're going to start getting more results like email subscribers and sales. And when you get more email subscribers and sales, that's when it's going to be a no-brainer to start running Facebook ads even earlier. So good. I love all these words that you're saying. They're so good. And it's so supportive of going back around to that starting out all the skills that we build as writers all the time, always going, they're never a waste of time because they're going to feed into all the other things that we're doing. And that's marketing. Writing good copy is, is really, we call it copy, but it's just saying words like a human person. Yep. There are techie things to learn and do, but we never stop being human and knowing that connecting personally with people comes first. Then we can spend money on ads and actually get results. You can find out more from Amanda Bond at theadstrategist.com online and on Facebook. She'll help you avoid being overwhelmed thinking about Facebook ads, which is easy to happen. If this episode was helpful to you, just imagine how helpful the entire hour-long interview would be. Every week inside Hope Writers Membership, there's a new one-hour Tuesday Teacher episode, and they all end up archived inside the Hope Writer Member Library. And by the way, Hope Writer Membership is not just for someone who wants to write a book. Hope Writers is here to help you make progress getting your words out to a reader, wherever that reader is. Could be a blog or articles, or maybe you like writing on Instagram and Facebook, or a book. If you want to be serious about your words and your reader, we're here for you. And did you know the Working Writer's Journey has six stages? To see where you are on the journey, you can take the fun quiz at hopewriters.com slash quiz. For writing tips and encouragement every day, we'd love to connect with you on our public Facebook page at Hope Writers Community and on Instagram at Hope Writers. And 
Here are some final words of hope from author Richard Bach. A professional writer is an amateur who didn't quit. Thanks for listening.